0: For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 496. In today's podcast, our conversation is really about how to overcome fear and ultimately create a life that you desire based on peace, freedom, happiness, and on your terms. This is about personal empowerment and following the nudge. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Dana Sardano. Dana, welcome.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Please give <laughs> listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do?
1: I am in Stewart, Florida and I am, what do I do? I am an artist an author, uh, an educator. I. I'm I'm owner of Ubuntu Fish Gallery in Stewart, Florida, which is an art gallery and intuitive lounge, but I'm an author and a publisher and I do some other things. It's weird to say, because as I get older, the list just keeps progressing. So creative stuff. I do creative stuff.
0: Well, and I'd love for you to share a little background, because what what I learned from you is um, you left a six-figure career to follow. Was artistry a passion? It felt like your purpose. What was that?
1: Yeah. So, so I was, um, my career was in education. I rounded out the 25 years as a director of student development in a college preparatory high school and uh, nothing art related, nothing art related. It was all, it, it was, it was the education of the child. We'll just leave it at that because we could be here for an hour with that. But in, oh, what's, what's today's day? 26th? Tomorrow is the eight year anniversary that I picked up a paintbrush for the first time. Yeah, that's a big deal. I totally forgot. So on a Friday evening, I was tutoring and I texted my husband and I said, let's go to one of those painting classes. And he was like, no, he's like, but I'll take you to Michael's, I'll buy you anything you want and we'll paint at home. And I, we, we did that like kids, we didn't know what we were doing. We went and we got the art supplies, ran around the aisles, you know, looking for sales. And when we got home, I was like, "Robbie, I'm going to paint you an elephant. And I painted this elephant. And he was like, holy shit, I think you're good. And something that day awoke. Now, when I was a kid, was, I was creative, you know. But something woke up in me that day that I could not stop painting. Every night I would get home from school. I would feed my family. I had young kids at the time. I'd put them to bed, put a sheet on the dining room table, and I would paint. And it got ridiculous, like it was like fever. Your soul speaks to you, right? Like I could not not paint. I was like giving paintings away. I was like, had them up in my office at my job. And um, within a few months I started to develop my voice. My you can see I have women behind me, it was all about women and women and children, and uh, and then somebody offered to pay me to do a painting, and then it was I did an art festival and within two years i i quit my six-figure job sold our house so we could live in a more affordable house moved out to a rural area i had a mercedes handed my husband the keys to the mercedes so i could drive a car that's affordable that i still drive by the way and uh um just followed my dream until i figured it out and i'm still figuring it out and uh but i'm loving it
0: pardon the interruption if this content is resonating with you please be sure to leave a five-star review I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming.
1: Life is beautiful.
0: And I believe we all have that within us, right? To follow that joy, follow that spark. And a lot of people, you know, I think a subconscious belief around artists and I can't make money doing this, right? Start so, an artist. Yes, thank you. But at the same time, there are multi-millionaires, uh It singers, we see that, uh, painters, artists. So what do you think, and even you, you know, wanting to find a lower cost living to make this dream come true right wasn't even that a belief
1: what do you mean wasn't even that a belief
0: well thinking that like we got to sell the house and and drive a less expensive car
1: well that was so we can you know you have two six-figure incomes right and you have a house that, you you know, I just remodeled, you know, we lived by the beach in Port Lauderdale, like we had this like beautiful life and we live, you know, you followed the rules yourself. You got the right education. You got the right job. You followed the dollar. Those, you know, in a previous conversation, those are the yeah. words you use. Yeah. And then, and so you do all that and you live your, you live to that standard. And now I'm going to take, you know, half of that six figure income and say, oh no, I'm just going to paint. So we had to do what we had to do in okay. order to do what we wanted to do, right? Yeah. So the you didn't pose the question this way, but the question was sort of like, you know, how come some people make it how come some people are successful but the belief is you're not. I mean, you people can't be, right? That was kind of the point you were making. And my feeling is if you if something speaks to your soul, right? Something lights you up. If you can't not do something, then the only thing that's keeping you from doing that thing that you can't not do is fear. Yeah. It's the only thing, the doubt, the lack of belief, whatever it is.
0: Well, I think ultimately it comes down to our societal conditioning and programming is, has been put into us to make us believe The big house and expensive cars and climbing a corporate ladder is the only way where I realized for me, I was like, the American dream wasn't my dream. And I think it's becoming way more mainstream that people are seeking freedom, laptop lifestyles that, you know, this camper van conversion thing that was so big in the last couple of years. Tiny houses. Yeah. yeah, Less is more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, yep. so
0: I want to hear way more about uniquely you and, and what's that all about and your passion behind that.
1: Ooh, so so there are um a couple factions of people will say. They're the people that are going to do the nine to five or going to uh ignore their passion, going to follow the rules no matter what. No matter what, right? Yeah. And then there are what I call like the way showers, those who have said, hey, there's got to be a better way. And they're willing to you know, give up their Mercedes, their six figure job, go paint in the woods for two years, because that's essentially what I did yeah. until I figured out how to make a living doing what I'm doing. And then there are those in the middle that know that there's got to be a better way, but they don't really know. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Uniquely You is a platform for people who um, committed to themselves, they committed to themselves, they committed to their personal growth, they committed to letting go of all the societal conditioning or all of the, you know, the bill of goods, right, the bill of goods that, we, that we've been sold, and they they figured out how to create a life as a creative. And in doing so, they're content creators, they're bloggers, they're podcasters, they're authors, they're musicians. They've built this life based on their creativity, and now they have content that they want to share with the rest of the world. But they, but very often, somebody like me, like I'm an author, right? So I write a book, I put it, you know, I, I publish it, and then somebody reads it. I don't know who read it. I, don't, I want to expand my content. I want to meet my audience. This is why um, artists, why musicians, they don't just do an album. They go on tour. They want to connect with their fans. They want to celebrate. They want to continue that energy and have it expand, right? So Uniquely You gives these content contributors an opportunity to do events in the event center. It gives them an opportunity to teach a class and connect with their audience it gives the way showers an opportunity to show the way and that's what we're doing and i it just it totally jazzes me
0: and i you know there are so many creatives in all different ways and whether it's Ooh. even like i don't know why this is coming to mind but somebody who like a fisherman and and wanted to take people on a f- a guided fishing trip and connect with nature. And I think Mm -hmm. we all seek community. We all seek connection. Something you shared with me is, you know, the power of personal empowerment. And we all have access to these things, right? We all have, it's an inside job, I believe. But so many people are asleep to that. And I know what it's like to be stuck going through life's motions, but having this inner tug and inner pull You're meant for more, we're meant for more, but I think so many people are stuck in the comfort of a paycheck or the knowns and the stability of at least life is predictable. So what would you offer someone who has that tug, that nudge that they're not playing their full potential? Where would they begin?
1: Wow. I think there's so many ways to skin this cat. At the end of the day, it goes back to to the root of who you are and where, where your beliefs come from and what the patterns are and peeling them back piece by piece. But when people don't even realize that there's a problem because they're just kind of living their lives, I think the first question, anybody who's listening to this right now, I want you to take a second and ask yourself, am I content with my life experience? And then ask yourself, okay, where am I content? Where am I not content? So then you're going to pinpoint a piece that you're not content. Maybe it's my relationship. (laughs) Relationship, maybe more than one. Maybe it's my job. Maybe it's where I live, whatever it is. Maybe it's how my children are, are evolving, you know? But where am I not content? And then ask yourself this question, something that we never ask ourselves or rarely ask ourselves. What do I want? I know. And at the end, oh, sorry, sorry. Please continue. I'll keep going. At the end of the day, when we say what do I want, usually we get caught up with the details, right? Like I want to make six figures, or I want to live in a yellow house with a farm. On a, but keep breaking it down. Why do I want that? What do I want? Why do I want that? What do I want? And at the end of the day, I guarantee every single person will come up with the answer that somewhere along these lines i want peace i want freedom right i want peace happiness we could throw happiness in there because that's kind of happiness peace and freedom but to everybody freedom looks differently right to me freedom looks like not having to follow the conventional rules but in order to have that freedom, I need to be able to make the money. So that's why people always think money, money, money. But money is really just freedom. Yes. The three Please, categories. i I'm going to go over the whole thing on freedom, but yeah. i want well, to commandeer. No, go on.
0: And I'd love to talk that, but I have a free resource on my website called The Life Assessment because I found that most people don't know what they want. And so that is just... Like an easy thing to realize where's the dissatisfaction. But what I see come across most often, the top three where people are seeking change, their health, wanting to lose weight, uh, either to get a better job or start a business, and relationships. Those three where they're seeking change, which is obviously freedom, happiness, whatever. And you're right. Most people are like, well, if I have more money, then I'll feel abundant and free. And the teachers I follow are when you feel free and abundant, the money's just a byproduct. Yes. So people aren't seeking money, they think they are. It's the feeling money gives yes.
1: them. Yes. And and just to, to add another layer to that, yeah. When people talk about the secret and stuff like that, right? Alignment, manifestation. Basically, the spiritualists will say. You have to feel like you said, you have to feel the emotion. So if I want to feel love, if I want to be loved, I want to find a partner that loves and respects me, I need to feel that. But a lot of people have trouble identifying that feeling if they haven't had it with another they don't know how to achieve that themselves Mm. so people say but you have to be it you have to feel abundant well if i'm living in a van down by the river i do not feel abundance how do i do that and here's the piece a very important piece that i think people don't understand i'll tell you a little secret secret about the secret it's the acts it's the simple acts that we do in our life that then um set the momentum or knock the domino for the next act and the next act and it it increases this momentum. And then we ultimately attract what we want. Do you mind if I tell you a story as an example of this? So, so when I was in my thirties, I was single for the entirety of my thirties. I had my children at 39 and 40 and I got married. Don't judge me. (laughs) I got married at 42. So ever you know it all came together eventually but that that's pretty much what i did when i was in my 30s i met jerk after jerk after jerk i met guys that did not meet my needs if i don't want to judge right i met all these guys and it got worse and worse and worse because i didn't realize what my pattern was and all i wanted all i wanted all i wanted was a happy home with a loving family that's all I wanted. I wanted a guy to love and respect me. That's all I wanted. And then I would meet another jerk, not realizing that I had daddy issues. I had to work out, but that's for another conversation. And I wouldn't meet these guys. And then I bought this dog in a condo that I wasn't allowed to have. Like I wasn't allowed to have the dog in the condo. Kept her secret for like a year. And eventually I got the condo letters. And instead of giving up my dog, I sold my condo I bought a house and I created a home for me and Princess Mia, right? So now I live in this house and I'm creating this home. So of course, now I'm painting and I'm landscaping and I'm buying furniture. and I'm doing all these things and I'm creating this home. Within months, I met my daughter's birth father. Now, again, there's more sordid stories after that. And my husband now has adopted them. And so that's neither here nor there. But what I did was, I created a home. I created what I wanted. I didn't even realize what I was doing. But when I showed this unconditional love for this animal, who was my family, and created a home for my family, I then attracted somebody and then had had this family. And then I did other things. And we don't have time for me to... I wrote a book about it. Feel free to purchase it. But but the story continues. And it continues how I kept making decisions that were for me, my self-worth, my best and highest good. And every time I released a toxic relationship, I made a decision that was in my best interest. I became more in alignment with the beautiful home and family and husband and children that I live with right now. It doesn't, you don't put the guy that you wanna marry on a vision board and wait for him to show up. You align with it in baby steps. Yeah.
0: I couldn't agree more. And honestly, I had the same realization that I realized I was the common denominator of all of my relationships. It kept being, you know, it was just a new face or a new body, but same problems. I attracted workaholic, emotionally unavailable men when I realized I didn't believe I was worthy and deserving of a male's time and attention. So it was me, it was on me when I realized that, and I had to feel worthy and deserving first, I have attracted completely different partners, but you're right. So like the old school Newtonian method is cause and effect, right? An external cause getting a relationship, getting more money, getting that job, will then give us an inside effect, an emotion, an experience where the new, the quantum physics teaching is teaching us that we can cause an effect. That life is, uh, anything externally is just a direct reflection, like a the mirror principle, an internal state. So when we realize if we turn the finger back around on us, no matter the condition, right? Health, finances, relationships, whatever, when we change the external reflex, right? And that's what you experienced. You created what you wanted. And then of course you would attract the right guy. And, 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 and
1: I didn't even know what I was doing when you understand these principles and you could then navigate it. Holy shit. What you can accomplish and create in your life and, you know, you're mentioning, you know, Newtonian cause and effect. I'm going to flip it on you with karma. People talk about karma and they think it's like this ugly thing. Ooh, that's karma. All karma is, is cause and effect. Yes. You do something, there is a reaction to it. Yes. You do something, there is a reaction to it. So if I do something that is in alignment with what I want, the effect clearly has to also be in alignment with what I want.
0: It just makes sense yes i yes life is simply a boomerang i think that's another way that i explain it whatever you put out you get back it's very simple okay so now that we're in this new stage that we understand we're aware we're intentional can you share some examples of when you understand these principles if you want to call them um like universal truths or universal laws when you use them to your favor Mm -hmm. What is possible?
1: (gasps) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get teachery on you for a second. Yeah. So people who don't think, you know, a lot of people think it's like the brass ring, like they think it's out of reach for them. Right. So for those of, if for whoever's listening, who thinks, yeah, but it's not, it's not that way for me. I want you to think about a couple of things. When I used to think spiritual gifts, remember I'm sitting right now in an art gallery and intuitive lounge, right? So I I you know, I always joke, can't swing a cat without hitting a psychic medium around here. But like I am around a lot of really, really gifted people, gifted people who can read energy, they can manipulate energy, they can heal with energy, they they, you know, they're seers, like all of that sort of stuff. And we as humans, we've become a little bit myopic and we think that gifts are just of the spiritual nature in that sense. But what people don't understand is all gifts are of the spiritual nature and all things that come from our heart space and that are natural proclivities of ours are gifts. I'll give you an example. I am quite impulsive, if you haven't picked up on that yet. And I've always been impulsive. And as a kid, I was always told, oh, like I'm writing report cards, lacks self-control or talks too much or whatever it is. So that impulsivity was perceived as a curse. And it was something that I had to temper my whole life. But what I didn't realize until I brought that impulsivity, excuse me, impulsivity into balance that that impulsivity is a true is truly a gift because what it is, is it's my ability to act on the impulse of an emotion. When I'm inspired by something, I take, you know, again, I take action. And a lot of people are fearful and they don't do that. So impulsivity not put in check can get you arrested. That story's for another day. But impulsivity in balance allows you to create art beautiful spaces awesome relationships do things that you normally wouldn't do yeah. so we all have the gifts how do we know what our gifts are our gifts are what what feels good and when we're in school we all learn differently right like some people learn you know through hearing like if you try reading me something i'm like i have to see it because i'm not auditory yeah right yeah. but if i see something i'm a seer i'm a visual Right? I'm a visual artist, um, some people are clairvoyant, yeah, well, again, the ability to see, some people are clairsentient, they feel, very sensitive, clair empathetic, clair empathy, they can sense people's emotions, they can read people through how they feel,
0: yeah. and
1: so when we as human beings understand that when we clear out Our irrational beliefs, our toxic behavioral patterns, our trauma and drama that keeps us living in fear, and we do the work, and we can talk about what the work is, and we clear that out, our natural proclivities, they begin to appear. Like I picked up a paintbrush and I was like, holy crap, I can paint, right? Or when people, again, their impulsivity, they balance it because they're no longer driven by their trauma and drama, balance their impulsivity. And they start doing things they normally wouldn't do. Communicators, people who are natural orators or natural communicators. But if there's imbalance, maybe they're jerk stores about it. You know what I mean? But once they become imbalanced, they realize they learn how to speak with compassion and love in their heart and that people receive their message. We're all gifted. We all have the power. We all have the ability. It's not out of the reach for any of us. But when we learn to align ourselves through doing the work and and, and rediscover what our soul is, who our soul is, and connect with it and embrace it and let go of that fear, then we all can embrace our gifts. Sorry about the tirade, but I'm like, yeah, with my internal, yeah. Person, like say more things like that. So I appreciate you, uh, you letting me do that. I
0: think something I'd like to expand on is fear, and I I would like to share from my perception how fear shows up for people because I believe that is what's holding anyone back. Yeah. And what I see is fear comes in many different lenses, right? Obviously, fear of failure, and it well, if you don't start, at least you can't fail. But fear, fear of failure, procrastination is a symptom of fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. We can go on, but ultimately I see it coming down to a lack of self-discipline, a lack of disciplining our mind, those thoughts and the monkey mind that sends us down the rabbit hole is what keeps us on that vicious negative feedback loop. Yes. How have you experienced, or how would you teach someone to, I say, feel the fear and do it anyway? Let fear fuel you, not rule you,
1: okay, okay. I think finding the root, and I'll always go back to that is really the answer, but I want I, I, I would like um, you, your audience, to entertain this this perception. When we boil everything down to the most basic element, there are two main emotions to school it's not schools of thought but main emotions you all of our emotions are either based in love or they're based in fear yes. and many people don't realize that fear has many different faces right so if i'm annoyed if i'm looking at the spectrum of love being here and fear being here annoyed is closer to fear if i am frustrated fear if i am angry fear if i am at peace love if i feel harmony love if i feel compassion love hope closer to love right so when we um when we feel anything but contentment peace harmony love somehow it falls in fear and we have to really trace it back to the root why am i fearful Where does this come from, right? It could be as simple as I needed to cancel with you today, which is obviously not true because we're sitting here and we're talking, but I needed to cancel with you today, but I didn't want to tell you because I fear that you would judge me or you would be upset with me, right? And then this stuff, why am I worried? I'm just being honest. It happens to everybody. Like people have things come up. Well, basically I'm judging myself. Because I, there's an insecurity here about being fearful somebody else is going to judge me. Well, why? Because I don't want to fall short of somebody's expectations. Well, why? And you keep tracing it back because I had to be a perfectionist my whole life. And my worthiness depends on yeah. meeting other people's expectations. Well, yeah. where does that come from? You trace it back far enough, you will find a four-year-old little girl that somehow learned that if she didn't meet somebody else's expectations, she was not worthy. Every single time, maybe it's a six-year-old boy, maybe it's a seven-year-old, maybe it's an 11-year-old, but you will find the root cause of why that person has self-doubt, self-loathing, lack of worthiness, all of those things, it's all based in fear.
0: So what I teach in that is ultimately, I call those weeds, right? The weeds in our subconscious are what's keeping us stuck. And so I don't want to mow the weeds. We don't want to paint them pretty. We don't want to like just affirmations trying to cover them up. I yeah. say, pull the weeds and plant new seeds. And you are right. I love, I feel like Peter Crone says it best, that people and circumstances come into our life to reveal where we're not healed.
1: Yep. <laughs> totally. So
0: when you, (laughs) when you have that trigger fear, those low vibe emotions, I call them, you know, triggers when we, we, you you kind of feel off or something's being brought up. I have a simple three steps. It wants to be felt, seen and heard and released. So I guess technically four, but because if we don't, right, if we suppress them, if we ignore them, if we avoid them and, and we push them down, they're still there running the show. And we yes. won't be able to step into this joy, bliss, purpose that we all have access to. Yes. Yes. So becoming aware is important, but how do you, I call it like building the mindset muscle. How do you stay self-disciplined and self-love and self-compassion to feel that, to heal it, whatever, and then to still take that action and go after it?
1: So what we do have to remember is even when we do address it and release it, you know, put it to rest, it. there are so many layers to us, depending on how deep the trauma is or how deep the belief system is or how far back it goes. There are so many layers. Um, even just yesterday, I uncovered a new layer of a pattern that I put to rest five, six, seven times already. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like... It's there again, it's just because my awareness is greater and it just shows itself a little differently. So you're saying, you know, how how do we do this? I I don't want to keep like, you know, referring, I have to pick it up because I, again, I need a visual, but this is all about that. So what it starts with is understanding that we um, we have belief systems, and I've already covered this, and where they come from. And that they create these patterns and these patterns keep showing up. You said it brilliantly before, you know what I mean? Every guy that you went out with was the same guy, different face, right? I did it different face, different name. I did a decade of that. And until I realized what my pattern was and, and I realized that I had by, by society standards, I had a neglectful mother, you know, where I learned abandonment and I had an abusive father who I learned, you know, aggression. And so every relationship was abuse, neglect, abuse, neglect. And I realized not just in relationships, but my relationship with myself, with my health mm-hmm. was abuse, neglect, abuse, neglect. And until we can pinpoint that, then we can we can't reverse it. So the question is how do you reverse it? And that's why I refer to the book. I have all the like these steps. you ask yourself the question you, 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 uh, you see when the opportunity to learn, because we get, there's um, one of the recommendments, because the book is called 10 commandments. The second recommendment is be, about becoming entrenched in your emotions. Our emotional guidance system helps us understand what's good for us and what's not. So if something comes my way and it's good for me, love and fear i'm gonna have all those wonderful love emotions if something comes my way and i get anything from the ick up to frustration i know that it's not right for me but here's the pitfall we become entrenched in our emotions if you and i had a conversation and you said something that didn't sit right with me and i got caught up with the fact that i didn't like it and it turned into who the hell does she think she is? And I become, and all of a sudden I'm angry at the, at the messenger, right? Yeah. yeah. I lose all opportunity to learn the lesson. I become entrenched in the emotions. So we have to learn to use our emotions as a guidance system. Yeah. Oh, this feels good. Do more of that. Oh, this feels crappy. Oh, what do I have to look at within myself to not feel crappy anymore? And it's not a one and done. Like I always joke, my mother and father have both passed um, and my father, we had an estrangement many years ago and we reunited and I forgave him and our relationship was beautiful. My mother, I had forgiven 50 times (laughs) and then I realized there's still stuff in there and I have to forgive her again. And that's what these lessons are about. If you keep having the opportunity to learn the lesson, then you're not completely resolved. Yeah. What are some
0: daily practices you do around that mental discipline or the emotional guidance, tuning in? What are you doing?
1: You know, for me, it's very informal. It really keeps coming back to a natural gut check. I've really taught myself. We were talking about the the um, clearance, you know, whether you're an auditory learner or a visual learner. I happen to be able to feel like just feel. And if I personally take a moment and go, is this right for me? Mm-hmm. I can feel, you know what I mean? Like I had a conversation with somebody just the other day It was business related and they kept their composure, but they were not happy with what was going on. And I can feel their anger. That's only because I work at this and I'm very, very sensitive, but everybody who's listening knows what their thing is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do get a gut feeling or, oh, my hair stands up on end. Oh, or I, you know, the thought, whatever it is, whatever your proclivity is, wherever your strength is, and then recognize that that's my guidance. That's my guidance. And if I use that tool as guidance, it will get stronger and stronger and stronger. So what do I do? Just gut checks all the time. If something isn't sitting right with me, I don't get caught up in the emotion of it. I retreat, I give myself a moment, and I try to assess through whatever my, we'll call them my gifts are, to have a better understanding of what it is. And everybody's got the ability to do this. Yes,
0: I love that. So question for you around, you know, uniquely you following our, our passion, our purpose, our joy, our bliss. What do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get?
1: I want listeners to get that wherever they are on the journey is, is is totally appropriate. There is no rushing, there's no skipping past the steps, right? There's no but I want to be there. There's where am I right now? Again, back to the basics, back to the beginning, right? Where am I right now? What am I content with? Let's celebrate that. What brings me discontent? And what do I want and how do I change it? And then again, taking the steps what are best for you to to do that. The takeaway is wherever you are is fine. Just yeah. you have the ability to get yourself out of it and create a momentum. Yeah,
0: I love that. I'd love to wrap up the interview so I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. What is a quote or motto that you live by?
1: Ignore your critics. Ignore your critics, like all the time, because people are go- people are going to to project their fears onto you. And if yeah. you're right with yourself and you're doing what is true in your heart, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter what anybody says. Ignore your critics. Keep your eye on the ball.
0: Well, and I, I think social media is a, a great example for that because there's so many you want to call them trolls out there. But this this resonated and felt really good. Quite a while ago, a podcast podcast guest shared with me that if you don't have critics, you're not doing something big enough. And so having that, it's like, okay, you're going to have those trolls and people that, you know, you might be triggering them, but you got to stay on your path anyway.
1: Yeah, 100%. Again, I, you know, when I was in high school, I there was a pretty serious rumor spread about me. And I remember when I heard it, it was really absurd. And I remember being like, and my friends were worried that I'd be upset. And I'm like, listen, if they're talking about me, I'm doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. There's no bad 15, PR. Yeah, oh. 15. I knew that. Exactly. There's no bad PR. Totally. Totally. What
0: is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend?
1: Ha. <laughs> so right now I, I have it here. i me, because I'm currently reading it. It's not even published yet. And I had mentioned that um, my business partner, partner with Uniquely You and I, we just... Um, We just created a publishing company for people with a voice that want to be heard, that are ready to collaborate and bring their creations to the world. So right now, you can see my sticky notes. I'm in the process of doing the final edit. You can see it's the proof copy of this book. It's called Project Aura, Exchanges with the Astro. And this woman, has uh, she talks about how she accidentally stumbled into her spiritual gift on her spiritual journey and the communications that she was having with oh my god with these energies with her soul energies with aspects of you know with aspects of herself higher self all of those things and she created she she journaled it and this is her journal of her experience when i tell you i have read this book oh my god at least a half a dozen times because i'm editing it right and every time i read it i'm like I have books that I should be hawking right now. And when I tell you this is the book you need to read, it will be it will be um, uh, officially published in the next week or so. I don't know when you plan on airing this, but it, if it's February, this book is avail- available. It's life changing. Oh my god, I love it. You're gonna love it. You have to read it, Heather. It's awesome. Anyway, so that's my rec- that's my <laughs> recommend. All right,
0: final question. What advice yeah. would you give your younger self?
1: You are as powerful and beautiful and wonderful as you think you are and don't ever ever allow somebody else's opinion to alter that.
0: Such a great note to end on. Dana, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Heather, thank you. Thank you you're you're, you're just adorable. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.